Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, everybody. Welcome again to another edition of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, of course, powered by Overtime Media. I am... Jay Kokorowski, senior writer at BadgerBlitz.com, your Rivals.com destination for all things Wisconsin athletics from the recruiting trail inside Camp Rangel Stadium and on the court of the Kohl Center. Wrapping up, I told you all I'd do this on Monday. It'd be part two of our Q&A. If y'all didn't listen on Friday night, late Friday night, hopefully I didn't keep y'all up too much. I was up till 1230. I'll be honest with you. Y'all, I fell asleep while trying to edit my the podcast so hopefully it, i thought it sounded okay um if i missed anything let me know uh on that note so we are continuing the q a that we had la- late last week i asked people on friday of last week right before wisconsin's practice hey it's the final practice of the season we're doing q a's let me know what you got and y'all responded so i appreciate you that was this is great engagement we had like nine questions overall I'm going to answer the you know the four that we had. I'll have that in detail uh, and whatnot. So hopefully, again, Friday night, Saturday morning, I published the first Q&A. This is a, technically part five because I've done it every week. Uh, and y'all have given me some really good in, you know questions to kind of dive into. And so we got this. And uh, within that, you know, a couple of things. Uh, one thing real quick on the, I know, talking about one of the questions last week was, you know, or, Friday that we addressed last week was about cornerback. And I think one other name to put in there too. And I know that, you know, they, I mentioned, and I had the disclaimer, we'll see what happens during fall camp. Obviously. And I know I mentioned, you know, Jay Shaw, Justin Clark and Alexander Smith, uh, you know, as my picks for the fall, but obviously it's still very early. And there's that disclaimer, you know, a lot can change between now and fall camp and between fall camp and the start of the season. I think another couple names too: Ricardo Hallman, redshirt freshman. I'm uh, really I think he, you know, he stepped in when Jay Shaw was, who was getting first team reps, uh, was out of practice with an abdominal injury. And he came in alongside Clark and Smith in the nickel package. Him and Smith were on the outsides and Justin Clark was on the inside in the slot or in, in whatnot. And I think Hallman held his own as a redshirt freshman. So I think he, that's one name to kind of look at. Uh, and then also Cedric Dort Jr., I know, I think I forgot to mention him. You know, I know defensive coordinator Jim Leonard was saying last week how Dort was still getting comfortable uh, within the defense with what they're asking him. Uh, I think, you know, he came away with an interception last week as well. I think it was last Tuesday. And so I think the Kentucky transfer can, can, you know, I think he'll be one of those contributors as well, uh, you know, based off of my spring ball observations. So, I, again, there's also like Max Lofi, there's Amon Williams, uh, others within the group that I, I think, you know, this could be a, the deepest group Wisconsin has, which is just an amazing turnaround compared to losing three players. And we mentioned those before, Dean Ingram in the slot last year, now playing wide receiver. We'll talk about him in a little bit, but also 
you dive into you know, obviously losing Fayon Hicks and Caesar Williams, who are off to try their hand at uh, making their NFL dreams come true. So I think uh, it's a, you know, again a credit to Hank Poteet and Jim Leonard for the work they've done in, in addressing what could have been a concern for this group. And this it looks like that group looks like a strength right now based off of spring practices. So let's get to our first question, though, folks. Uh, as I stop rambling for for y'all let's get into it the first question who has stood out at quarterback deacon hill was getting hyped towards the end of last fall how has he looked this spring so let's talk about overall you know we'll talk about all four quarterbacks in this q a we'll start off with mertz in terms of your first question who stood out i think mertz graham mertz has stood out as the qb1 of this group he's received all the first up reps with the first team during spring practices and you know i I thought first couple weeks he he looked solid you know nothing uh, i I would say a quarterback look and this is for all the quarterbacks too trying to learn an offense is evolving under new offensive coordinator bobby ingram and and new ideas from the coaching staff there Uh, you know he had throughout practices he's had you know he's shown the ability to to hit those hard passes a, a deep out with the velocity and, and ball placement that you want out of quarterback, hitting those deep throws, uh, and you, you've seen that throughout, the, you know, the, the open practices too. Uh, you know, there was a rough patch, I would say, for Mertz, kind of during the fourth week, during a couple of sessions. And as a disclaimer too, with that, folks, right? We don't know what was being the play call. We don't know what the route was. We don't know if the receiver was off with the depth or distance or whatnot. It looked as, you know, I think one practice in particular, he had, you know, nearly a handful of, of overthrows in one session that could have been completions where the receiver was open. You know, he rebounded in the final week though. Right. So with that, it, and he had some turnovers that final week too, but you know, he also aired out some deep passes to, Chimray DK, you know, he had a couple, I think it was that two, the second, the last Tuesday practice where he aired it out a couple of times to DK for, you know, you know, would be 40 plus yard gains. One of them was supposed to be for a touchdown. And then, you know, he had a 60 yarder to DK on Friday where he aired it out. And I don't, you know, no one was within, it looked like at least 10, 15, maybe 20 yards of DK. So again, it, you know, it's one thing with, you know, Mertz had talked about it really just how he wanted to work on footwork and decision-making timing. You know, he said that on April 2nd and within that, you know, I, I, you saw some good things from him this spring. Uh, you also saw again, some inconsistencies and it's going to be something that uh, during the spring, it's going to be able to be allowed because at time, because it is the spring and with a new offense and trying to, take in and acclimate to new wrinkles and concepts, terminology, etc. But again, we'll see what comes in fall camp. But, you know, I obviously Mertz, I, you know, he stood out to me as Wisconsin's QB one. Now for the other quarterbacks, we'll get the Hill in a second, but let's talk about Chase Wolf going to be a fifth year senior this year. I thought he looked stronger during the final two weeks, probably in the last week, maybe in farther in particular. And, and part of me too wonders about that, where maybe in my head, Wolf looked stronger because Mertz appeared to struggle a little bit more, you know, in that fourth week. So I'm always trying, you know, I'm trying to always balance that out in my head. Right. So, but I will say that, you know, Wolf, you know, 
he has that versatility in the pocket with his legs. He can maneuver. He can create some things. Uh, he did throw some interceptions at times, but again, he also I thought got stronger. You know, from you know the past couple, the first couple weeks where first couple weeks I didn't feel that he stood out as much uh, with his play and whatnot. I think I put you said it on the one of our podcasts episodes earlier this spring where I thought that, you know, I thought I said something along the lines of Mertz being QB one far beyond the other quarterbacks or not even far beyond the other quarterbacks, but somewhere just, you could see that there were Mertz was a level up on others, but regardless, I did see, I liked how Wolf, you know, delivered deep passes this time around. Uh, You know, you're seeing them aired out during these practices more with some degrees of success. And then, you know, like I said, you still saw some interceptions thrown and whatnot, but I thought he looked better as it went on. I think the last week, I you know, to me stood out probably the most. Uh, but again, I, you know, Mertz is obviously still quarterback one. He received all the first up reps, etc. cetera. Uh, about Deacon Hill, that, that strong arm was available. That's the first time we really get to see him get, receive reps uh, of, you know, of a more substantial nature now. I would say Wolf and Mertz, you know, first Mertz, then Wolf in terms of one, two. Yeah, Mertz one, Wolf two in terms of the number of snaps received uh, and whatnot. But you saw the strong arm on display, deep throws to Marcus Allen for a touchdown. There was one practice where he hit Jalen Franklin perfectly in stride with a dart uh, towards the left corner of the end zone, or not even the corner, it was just the left side of the end zone, delivered it. For I think it was during a red zone drill, uh, or at least it was in the red zone for for the touchdown there. You know, he told me back in early April he wanted to work on ball placement. Uh, you know, and we had seen you know not a lot of practices up to that point, but you could all you know. One thing I'd meant saw and I talked to him about too is you know I was trying to word it a certain way, but just in terms of arm speed too, where he has a strong arm, but you know talking about touch or changing speeds on a football, you know, maybe slowing down the speed of the football. I think that's one thing where we need to uh, see improvement there from him. But, you know, the arm talent is there, or whatever you want to call it, arm strength. It's an impressive arm and, you know, one that I'm jealous of, right? So, (laughs) uh, yeah, so I think it was a good experience for Hill, obviously getting those reps, feeling more comfortable. Uh, and we'll see just where he grows uh, moving forward there. Miles Burkett, uh, limited reps uh, throughout. Like, we barely saw him get a lot of reps. I would say extremely limited reps is probably even the more accurate term. Uh, we saw him receive some re- snaps with reserve offensive players on Friday and a more, you know, towards the end of practice. I think he had a, at least a couple of drives or possessions there. So, you know, I, I still like his intangibles and what he could bring to that room. But I don't know if we saw a lot to make a huge, you know, make sweeping observations about his play, especially being a true freshman in the program. So thanks for that question. Second off, uh, how has offensive line play responded to Bostad's coaching? Well, I think they've responded. I I don't know. I'm responding. I'm answering your question with just basically rephrasing it, but I think they have responded to Bostad and, you know, they've redone the offensive line and in terms of switching players to different positions. And, you know, for, again, for those that don't know, 
you know, Jack Nelson's at left tackle. Now Tyler Beach slides inside to left guard. Joe Titman's been out this spring. So Tanner Bordellini, who's started games at center, at left guard, at right tackle already. And he's played at right guard. He played right guard at Rutgers for the third quarter. You know, he's at center right now for them. And then you have Michael Furtney at right guard. And you have Logan Brown at right tackle. So, it, you know, just referencing, we talked to some of the linemen. I did. Earlier this month about this, you know, the, the changes or, you know, the areas of change under Bob Bostad. So I asked Tyler Beach this, and this is on our article, search badgerblitz.com, look up, you know, Badgers linemen discuss areas of change under Bob Bostad. And here's the question I posed to Beach, saying if there's one area of, of what Bob's doing that's different from what you've experienced in the past, you know, is there one key area that's helped you grow? And he says, I would just, I would say just like our approach is like a pretty physical mentality, like get the job done, beat the hell out of guys. And you know, I really like that. It's attack the guys at the line of scrimmage, get movement, get knocked back. And I love that because you're playing ball at that point. Uh, You look at, you know, Logan Brown saying, is there one particular thing Bob's doing different compared to what you've done in previous years that stood out to you? His response, quote unquote, I have to say our pacing and practice while we're doing, you know, like individual periods and whatnot, very little rest. But I think that's helped me as a player grow because I've always felt coming off those injuries when I was younger, I never felt like I could catch back up to being in the proper condition. Just with us having a, a rough, high, fast-paced individual periods and whatnot, I think that's it's really gotten me to where I need to be. And even before, there's a question prior to me asking that, Ask it, you know, and Brown was asked about the biggest difference he sees regarding Bostad's teaching. He said this with the, you know, with his previous coach, which was then Joe Rudolph. They did not have a lot of, he said stuff in the meeting room, but now they do a lot of stuff. They they did, they did a lot of stuff, I'm sorry, in the meeting room. And now they do a lot of stuff on the field. Uh, And he feels both are beneficial, but he likes doing stuff on the field. So that's one area that's, that's changed there. Whether, you know, it sounds like Rudolph did more. Stuff as Brown said in the meeting room, and now Bostad is you know in, in the group are doing a lot of stuff on the field. So that was interesting. And then with Jack Nelson too, you know, I, I asked him if there's one particular area that Bostad has instructed or one area that stood out for him in terms of what they're doing now compared to what they had been doing or had been taught or learned from previous years. He said there weren't any major differences in how a different coach could have different stuff calls, you know nuances uh, and techniques, but this is how he said it. Uh, quote, I think that the difference has, uh, he has is kind of just this attitude that the all line is going to be kind of like this anchor. There's no ifs, if, ands or buts about it. So that's part of that too. So I think they've responded to it. Uh, I think now let me kind of go off a little bit on this in my hand. I do wonder who will challenge for first team reps because one, you know, Bostad talked about keeping players in one position and outside of Bordellini who got center and then limited reps at left guard and right guard over the course of, of spring. I think there was only one practice I saw of Bordellini at right guard based off of my notes, but obviously those are highly unofficial, but you know, who else, you know, who else could emerge to challenge players on the lines. Now the second team line when everyone was healthy was Riley Malman at right at left tackle. Yeah. Malman at left tackle. You had a combination of Dylan Barrett who received the first up reps with the second group, but then also JP Benchwall at left guard. 
Then you had Carmack Sampson at center. And then at right guard, you had Trey Wedding. And then Nolan Rucci at right tackle. Now, when Jack Nelson was limited for, I think it was about a week, where he didn't get 11-on-11 work, Mullen bumped up to first-team left tackle. And then you had players like, uh, you had Trey Wedding swing out to left tackle. You had Benchwell move then to right guard. And so, you know, so you got a little bit of, you've seen the cross-training there. And even there was one, one practice at the very least, I think it was, I thought, thought I saw Trey Wedding when Logan Brown briefly exited a practice, received some reps at right tackle. Uh, I think Nolan Rucci did that as well uh, when Brown went down, you know, was, I won't say went down, but he did not participate in that period uh, and whatnot. And he returned uh, thereafter to, to reclaim the right tackle spot. So, I mean, that's where I, I have questions too of, okay, who, you know, will anyone challenge Brown who I thought looked, looked decent, uh, you know, but there are always, you know, a couple of times. I know the one example I called out with, with Brown was it was a nine on nine drill. And I'm, you saw Nick Herbig kind of bull rush Brown into Deacon Hill. And in a nine-on-nine drill, they only had a limited amount of alignment for that matter. But Herbig came off the edge, uh, you know, and when he was working back from a left arm injury. And he made, you know, his presence was felt in a very limited fashion over the past, uh, you know, couple of weeks. But, uh, you know, will anybody, will, will Rucci or Malman or Wedig, you know, step up there? Well, you know, where will Bordellini go? Because... Whenever Titman returns, he, in my eyes, played very, very well in his first years to start at a center. So, and Bob Bostead talked about envisioning him on the interior. So, and he did get work, you know, albeit limited fashion, with the second team after his first team reps at, you know, left guard or you know, there's that one practice where I I saw him at right guard. So, there's there's still some interesting parts. And that's part of my five burning questions, by the way. Uh, that talking about that group and just who could challenge if they will be, or, you know, if that's going to be the, the lineup moving forward, heading into August and, and fall camp. But again, it's a, there's a lot of time between here and now. Uh, we'll see what happens going from there. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Next up in our questions here in the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, powered by Overtime Media, is the Badger defense another key injury away from being relatively soft up the middle? That's an interesting one. I thought that was a good one because it you know, obviously made me think, so I appreciate that. Right now, you know, Wisconsin's dealing with the injury at safety, so if you regard up front, you know, up the middle with the third level with that, you know, the safety group, Travian Blaylock, obviously, dealing with a right leg injury. 
Timetable for return still TBD unknown, uncertain. I think, you know, you have John Torchio and Hunter Wooler in the defensive backfield, who I, I think that's a great tandem. I think you have Torchio with his ball hawking skills and you have Hunter Wooler with his frame and his downhill speed. I think it's going to be, a, it could be a great combo. I think if whenever Blaylock returns, it will be very, very, uh, I think a good group, but I know that there is concern in that safety group about numbers where Jim talked about like playing four or five guys last year. And he talked about that last week. So I think that's one area if a safety gets hurt, who can step up there. And if you go to badgerblitz.com, we talked about it twice in our five burning questions, our number one burning question this weekend. And it's also, we talked about it in, the, in our breakdown of the defense from spring ball, but let's talk about defensive line. If you're talking about up the middle, up the middle, like front seven, you know, if Keanu Benton, the nose tackle gets hurt, then that'd be a, a major concern too. Right. Obviously he's not just a leader of the defensive line, but he's also a player that, you know, obviously a defensive leader, a team leader in my eyes, I feel he is. And if he gets hurt, you know, that's a major concern because I think with the, the nose tackle position, there's no more Bryson Williams, who was a more than capable backup was a previous starter back in 2018 before he got hurt in for the 2019 season before Benton's emergence. And so we didn't really get a chance to, we saw Ben Barton receive the second team reps uh, during 11 on 11 periods. And he held his own. I, I didn't necessarily think he stuck out like a sore thumb uh, in a bad way. Right. Uh, but you know, we did not get to see Gio Paez work in 11 on 11 periods. According to my notes at BadgerBlitz.com. Remember we saw 12 of the 15 practices. So we didn't see the first three. And Kurt Neal did not work in any 11-on-11 periods. The true freshman, early enrollee from North Carolina. And that was the plan, according to Kalaji, when he spoke to us late in March. So, you know, I think, you know, if Benton gets it, and it's not just, I mean, anyone, anytime you lose someone of of Benton's caliber, if you would lose him, would make uh, make an impression on the defense because he is such a solid force in the middle. There are things that Benton can do in the middle that, the casual fan won't see. And so if, if Benton would ever get hurt, that would cause him to miss extended periods of time, then that would be a major concern. Uh, you know, he was out for part of the latter part, you know, of spring ball. He had a right arm injury uh, that caused him to miss some time at the end of those practices. And along with uh, Isaiah Mullins, also another defensive lineman that missed some time, uh, at the end of the, the spring Paul sessions uh, due to a right arm injury too, is what, what UW called it. So uh, again, you know, down the road, if you'd say during the season, if anything happened to Benton like that, I would probably say uh, they would be a, you know, that's when I, that would be a significant injury that would affect the defense um, inside linebacker. They're a young group. They're inexperienced, but overall compared to, the number of snaps Leo Chanel and Jack Sanborn had last year. But I like the group. I think Jordan Turner and Tatum Grass could form a very solid duo at inside linebacker. I think I've talked about it in my articles. Uh, you know, Jordan Turner, I think, could be a, a, a huge player for Wisconsin. Even in limited reps, I think he had like 24th at inside linebacker last year, and a lot were during mop-up time. But he had two interceptions in garbage time in consecutive weeks. 
with, with receiving some reps during meaningful game snaps against Arizona State. He, I think it was like seven reps. He had four tackles and a tackle for loss. I think he could be something special at Wisconsin. And Tatum Grass, a walk-on from Holman, looks consistent, efficient. Bill Sheridan, the new inside linebackers coach, discussed his ability, you know, his abilities to in the, in the weight room. And so I think that's going to be that's a positive sign for Wisconsin there. I, I do like Ch- Jake Cheney and Muma Jung Meta. Those at the end of spring ball, if you guys remember, uh, I think it's been said in articles and uh, if you take a look at our YouTube channel, you know, Sherrod had mentioned it. You know, they're going to start off with, you know, they started off the spring with a depth chart based off of just snaps played only last year. So you saw Tatum Grass and Muma Jung Meta as kind of the first ups, and then you saw the groups go from there. Uh, at the end of spring ball, you saw Jordan Turner and Tatum Grass, and then it was I, from what it looked like it was Jake Cheney and Muma Jung Meta then at, uh, for the second group up, and so you know I like both. I think Jake Cheney's got a motor on him, uh, and he's got a physicality to him that very intriguing. I know I use that word a lot on this podcast, but there's one instance where. Julius Davis tried to pick up a blitz from Cheney and Cheney just bowled him over. Uh, and and you know, there are other instances too. I, but you, you know, again, inside linebacker, I think you're seeing players emerge and I do like who they have in that group. And so we'll see just how they adjust actually in games, you know, once the games arrive starting on September 3rd and we'll see what they do in fall camp for that matter. Uh, and we mentioned safety, right? So we don't know, after Blaylock, again, TBD on Blaylock uh, in terms of when he could return. You know, we laid it out in, in our couple articles this past weekend. Does Wisconsin keep who they have at the position group? And you have 2022 signee Austin Brown coming back, uh, coming in, I should say, uh, who did not enroll early. But Leonard talked about him being appearing to be physically ready. Now it's going to be, can they have him play fast? And can he pick up the game, game mentally fast? And then... Or, or, you know, another way that they could do this is they could have cornerbacks, and they've done this in, during the spring where we at times have seen limited snaps at safety from Alexander Smith, uh, Cedric Dort. Jim Leonard talked about Cedric Dort Jr. getting uh, reps there. Al Ashford at the end of spring, uh, redshirt freshman cornerback, receiving some reps in the back uh, defensive backfield at safety. Avion Jones, the true freshman early enrollee, has gone back and forth between cornerback and safety throughout throughout the open practices that we've seen, from what we've seen uh, at least. So uh, there are options there. And then the other option, obviously, is, is transfer portal. And we'll see. Uh, Bryson Shaw appears to have committed. I know that was the name that was being flown around a lot to uh you know recently about you know because he, he obviously shaw initially committed to wisconsin then backed off later on flipped to ohio state and then he entered the transfer portal just recently i know he, his name has been floated out there but it appears according to social media i think it was maybe his dad that announced that shaw would be heading to usc to play for lincoln riley out in southern california and so Again, we'll see just this week after spring ball just what exactly happens in terms of players declaring for the transfer portal. Who, you know, and Jim Leonard, when I asked about balancing trying to move a player from a different position to safety or try to, you know, with uh, possibly bringing in another player, 
to the you know to the room to the program that may not have that experience of, of in the defense he said it's a possibility and you know but he does have to balance what's best for the team overall and the well-being so yeah i think it's that could be an option too according to what leonard had said last week last question here folks we're going over 30 minutes this is good how many of the receivers look like they are better than Danny Davis and how, you know, how many look better than Jack Dunn? Not asking if they will be better, but just from you watching practices for the past few years, do they look like they are better in practice? Admittedly, I'm going to say it's almost like an apples to oranges comp, uh, comparison. I don't know if it's truly apples to oranges, but apples to a closely related fruit to an apple uh, and whatnot. Uh, the reason why I'll say that is because the main difference is that there's differences in the offense, right? Updates and concepts and schemes compared to a year ago because, you know, they're doing these, this ev- little bit of the evolving of the offense, right? Uh, so, you know, in, with B- Bobby Ingram in town and, and working with Paul Christ and the other coaches and the coaching staff to formulate changes within the offense that, you know, has been much needed. I mean, I don't foresee, obviously, we don't believe it's going to be a wholesale change of the scheme, but it's also they're going to be incorporating new things, right? So with that, maybe different routes or different pictures, as they call it, or personnels are being run that that could change that a little bit, uh, change like how players could get open, uh, you know, timing between quarterback and wide receiver, etc. So I'm not, yeah, I feel bad kind of making that disclaimer, but I do feel like there is a little bit you have to watch for that because it is different. Uh, you know, I feel the, de- the offense will change and, and has shown changes compared to what was seen last spring. But, you know, I will say, you know, Tim Ray DK looks like a number one receiver and I've been more impressed with him as spring has gone on. The junior from Waukesha North in-state product, you know, Elvis Witted has called him his Swiss army knife in terms of doing it all. He said that earlier this spring, and, you know, he came out with some big-time catches, too. Him and Justin Clark, the cornerback from the transfer from Toledo, have had a lot of battles, if it's felt like, or at least it's not even a lot, but a significant number where, you know, there's contested play going on, and, you know, the battle, you know, they've gone back and forth in victories. And so it is a – I do like what DK has done and what he can bring to this team uh, and as a leader of the wide receiver room. So I think he has stood out. You know, Skylar Bell, uh, a player who's received first up reps recently next to Chimray DK. Then you, when they go to 11 personnel, the first up reps from what I've seen have been DK, Bell, and then UCLA transfer Keontes Lewis. And he's a big body. It's, you know, 6'2", just under 200 pounds. And so, you know, I think Bell's impressed with the ability to separate and catch balls when he's asked to. Louis, again, Lewis has uh, has made some, uh, I think, at least one deep reception, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and, you know, he can catch the ball well, nice. And I know Alvis Witted called out, you know, Lewis for being a sharp player and having some short area quickness and some top-end speed to him, too, and being able to use him in different ways. And then, you know, Marcus Allen, and I thought ended spring on a, on a positive note, hauling in a couple of touchdown passes, I think they were against the reserves on Friday, but again, a player that a bigger body at about 6'2 can make contested catches. So he he flat, you know, I won't even say flash, but I think he made a number of plays during particular practices, not just one practice or maybe a couple. Like there are a few practices where 
his play stood out. Uh, and then on top of that, Dean Ingram can catch the ball too. Uh, I think his change from cornerback to wide receiver, his transition has been has looked good. He's, I think he's, from what I can see on the field or what I saw on the field, I mean, he's, he's able to catch the ball. And I think he's gotten, uh, I'm guessing he's become more comfortable as the practices have gone on. You'd hope so, right? But if it's felt like that, uh, and making some, you know, the receptions and being targeted like he has. So to go back to your question, you know, I think maybe even though it's not maybe a direct comparison, uh, obviously with different team, some new nuances to the offense, etc. I'd say DK Bell, uh, DK and Bell overall, I think Lewis has looked good. Um, Allen and Ingram both. Uh, I think Allen, you know, has those spurts of, of greatness that uh, intrigue too. So, yeah, I think that that answers it there. I appreciate all those questions. We're going to take a quick break. A couple more ads to, to pay the bills. We'll be back here on the BadgerBliss.com podcast, powered by Overtime Media. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Wrapping up the show here on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, Power by Overtime Media. Jay Kokorowski, one more time. Thank you all for listening, and hey, we got a lot of more great stuff coming up this week. NFL Draft is coming up. Uh, so Ben Wargle, our senior writer, has been going through the NFL Draft profiles for us. Uh, you know, this is going to be one of my last things I do for the spring, but check back our previous, all our spring evaluations and whatnot there. We got recruiting. John McNamara just published talking about what spring ball and just talking about spring ball and recruiting and the number of recruits, Mickey Turner, the, the leader of the recruiting department uh, has, you know, and his staff and what, you know, and obviously the program have done overall in terms of bringing in recruits. And then really, you know, obviously go to wisconsin.rivals.com badgerblitz.com. That's become a subscriber because why you get access to all those great articles. And then, uh, you know, also not just BadgerBlitz.com's articles, but any premium content across the Rivals.com network. That's there for y'all. Uh, and, and, you know, you get that as part of the subscription, which is paid. Uh, but, you know, you also get exclusive access to the Badger's Den. That's where you hear with our forums. We have a you know community of, people, of active fans, uh, discussions, questions, and John and I talk back and forth with y'all. So we appreciate those that are already subscribed. We'd love to have others that aren't be part of the community. And then... Uh, that subscriptions that are free, obviously this podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google, leave us a review. We'd love five-star reviews. Why that gives it, you know, we'd love to spread more content here and, and grow and uh, establish the brand further. Uh, let's know what we can do better though. Right. And then wrapping up, we have uh, this, the YouTube channel, 
Uh, subscribe there again, free like the podcast. And we have so many videos and so many interviews from the past month in spring ball. Listen to those players and coaches uh, talk every week. We've done Q and A's with Clint Cosgrove, our rivals.com recruiting analyst. We're gonna have a couple more coming up this week for that matter. After Clint uh, was at uh, one of rivals camps in Indianapolis and there'll be some Wisconsin targets. We'll be talking about this week too. So uh, on that note, folks, I'm gonna let y'all go. Have a great week. Be well, take care of each other, stay healthy. We'll talk to you soon on another edition of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, powered by Overtime Media.